This podcast is recorded on Ghana land. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to elders past and present. This is stolen land on which myself and the artists I interview create and sovereignty was never ceded. moments where we feel remarkably unqualified but for some strange reason we choose to be unafraid. I'm Jessica Rowe. I don't know what I'm doing but neither do my guests as together we dive into conversations about boldly following our passions and kicking goals with a focus on creativity and being a young adult in Adelaide unqualified and unafraid embraces just going for it. Fern welcome to the podcast. I'm gonna ask you to tell a little story Um, about a time where you felt unqualified to do something but you chose to be unafraid and you did it anyway absolutely so so many times um (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably the first one that sprang to mind um would be applying for grants for biophilia Mm -hmm. um and it was one of those moments where a grant opportunity came up and I kind of spent the week going oh you know is this idea good enough are we like professional enough artists to receive funding and you know make our art feel like that it's valid and um but deserving of support and so I sort of didn't start properly I did a couple of notes but I never really started and then on the day that the grant was due I woke up that morning and I went no if I never try and I never apply for anything then there's no way that anything is going to happen and I'm not going to learn like all I'm going to lose today is something that I won't even have if I don't even apply. Um, Mm. And if I do apply, then I'm either going to learn something or I'm going to get some support for my art. Um, And I'd already agreed to go on a day trip to Port Elliot that day um, with my cousin and um, her partner. And so we were driving down to Port Elliot and I had my laptop with me and then I spent the whole day um, at a cafe in Port Elliot just smashing out this grant application and everyone who was with us was just reading it and drafting it for me. Um, and then by the end of the day, I had a plan, I submitted the application and that was the first grant that we actually got to support Biophilia. Wow, that's so cool. Um, yeah, I relate to that because I'm currently trying to apply for a grant for this podcast and I feel so unqualified as well. I'm like, oh, like, is it even worth the effort? Like, is it kind of shitty idea? Like, I don't know. And it's so like, Oh, applying for grants is like such an art. It is. It definitely is. It's a skill. And I think for some people, it and for me especially, it doesn't come naturally to want to sell myself and to talk myself oh, up. Yeah. Sort of like have that, um, you know, that you, you have to do it. You have to kind of put your art into a little box that sells it to someone and mm. kind of like work out why, like what you need to do for them to trust you with their money um and it's it's hard yeah and sometimes it's like because you're so close to the R there's almost like so much that you have to say about it but you have to simplify your entire like R into like one log line basically like to explain it which is also difficult absolutely um could you please tell us a little bit about what biophilia is 
Yeah, absolutely. So Biophilia began as a collaboration between myself as a dance artist and Alia Sanders as a photographer, um, initially just with the intention of developing um, some images that we both were really keen on working on. And the current iteration of it has grown into a fringe show. Um, it's a visual arts exhibition, but it also has an element of a live dance performance happening at each session, as well as um, we've developed a soundtrack that will be played in the space. So it's become a bit more of an immersive um, experience than just a regular exhibition. That's really cool. I love that. Um, so what does biophilia actually mean, like as a word? So the biophilia hypothesis um, is the theory that all human beings have an innate tendency to want to connect with the natural world and other living things. Cool. And how, yeah. did, how did you and Alia originally meet and connect and decide to collaborate? Alia and I actually knew each other way back in high school. Um, and then I spent, um, well, I left the school and then I spent three years uh, interstate. And then when I came back, I was really interested in the work that she was doing and in her endeavor to start to make her photography as environmentally possible um, mm. and myself working in a lot of work that was to do with climate activism I reached out to her if she, if she wanted to just grab a coffee um, and have a chat about making art about the climate and working in those spaces and with the idea of potentially making or doing a shoot together um, and we got chatting and we got on really well and so many ideas came of that first initial coffee and it's kind of just springboarded from there. That's so awesome. I mean, you mentioned that you've done like climate activism and stuff. So I guess that it would make sense that these themes of like the nature and the human body, like that you would explore this, but I guess I want to know, yeah, what attracted you to these themes originally? I think I started, so I started choreographing work at university um, and I was doing a degree in contemporary dance and just sort of slowly all of my projects started to become about nature um, and everyone was like are you gonna make a work that's not about the climate and I kind of was like well I want to make work that matters to me and I want to make work that's relevant to my life and currently that's a bit of a stress in my life um, and so I yeah started exploring those themes pretty early on in, in making work when I started to think about the body and nature I think I was starting to realize how important spending time in nature was in my life and for my mental health and I wanted to convey to people a sort of a sense of the safety that nature can feel and the import importance of spending time in it for people's lives um, and all of the positive feelings and emotions that you can get from spending time in nature I didn't want to make it work that was all doom and gloom and everything that's wrong in the world and a body in nature is just so, so beautiful to me. And I wanted to convey that we are one with the planet. We, we are part of this world. We have a bit of a hierarchical system in Western society where we, I feel like we act like we're on top of the earth rather than integrated within it. And by uh, photographing nude portraits in nature, I wanted to show that, you know, our spines are like mountains and our curves are like hills and all of these beautiful visual connections to portray, I guess, like the metaphorical connections that we have for being integrated in our environment. Totally. I think what you said um, was really important about like when exploring themes of like nature and climate, not making it 
all super doom and gloom because people kind of have to experience like the fun of it and the positivity about it um to actually care about it <laughs> and to Absolutely. like yeah to understand what it is that they they would be like losing um Ali and I have just talked a lot about how you like fear and um feeling afraid for the future and all of that it's not a continuous a continuous sort of source of inspiration for activism well as love for something is and so if we can teach people to love the earth um then I feel like that is a much better path to go on than the route of guilt tripping or making people feel bad for their actions that's so true so you mentioned before about studying um and like I guess I want to know more about like your background um because you are a choreographer and dancer Yes. Um, and then Alia is um, a photographer. So, yeah, tell me more about, like, where you come from before Biophilia. Absolutely. So I, last year was my first year out of university. I went straight from school into a Bachelor of Arts in um, Contemporary Dance at the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts um, and studied predominantly contemporary dance as well as other styles and took choreography the whole way through and did a choreography unit in my third year as sort of like one of my key third year projects. Um, what I didn't study so much though was marketing, producing, mm. um, production management and sort of all of the things that if you start trying to be an independent artist, you have to do it all. I'm not just a performer in this work, I'm doing everything. And that has definitely been a learning on the job um, type experience. Um, but a huge, like, I'm loving it. I definitely want to do more where I am um, in those roles as well. And then Alia has done some study in photography, um, but predominantly on the job learning. She has photographed a lot of weddings and things like that and is moving towards exploring more artistic photography as well, which is really fabulous. I think that her creative work is what she should be doing it's incredible and it's so so beautiful and balancing that commercial and creative definitely biophilia the exhibition features like photographs of people nude in nature why do you think that it's important for people to see these images like what impact do you hope that it has on others I think I hinted at it a little bit before um yeah. but predominantly it's it's about seeing the human body integrated in an environment. And one of the things that we really focus on in the images is blending, predominantly my body, actually, a lot of it's me, um, <laughs> blending my body in with the environment and following the curve of a hill or following the curve of a branch. And I think by seeing the human body so deeply blended with the environment, I hope that people sort of see that and go, yeah, we are part of that environment. The matter that makes up my skin is the same when it comes down to it, the same chemicals that make up the bark of a tree or the earth and just seeing the human body so deeply blended. I hope people realise how crucial that link is and that we're all part of the same ecosystem. Definitely. That's beautiful. How many models did you work with in this project? I think, including myself, it was about seven or eight. Had you ever done a project 
like I guess as a choreographer you'd probably worked with like many people before but I think um it's interesting to work with so many people and having each of them have to be so vulnerable like on the shoot being nude um was this kind of like a learning curve for you like what were some of the um things you kind of did to make sure everyone was comfortable on the shoot yeah that's a really good question I had actually the most amount of people that I'd ever worked with on a choreographic project was my third year choreographic project at university. Um, and I worked on 10 dancers for that project, but they were all wearing costumes and we were able to have changing environments for them whenever we did outdoor things. Mm. For this project, everybody arrived at Maslin's and within the five, first five minutes, I had to sort of say, all right, well, then this is what it's going to be. But we set up a um, environment, even prior to when they arrived that made sure that everybody was going to feel really really comfortable and I think the main thing that we did that by was just making sure that even before the models arrived at the shoot they had a really good communication pathway with both Alia and I and we said from the very very get-go that consent was just so so important for us and then also made it really really okay for anybody to step out of any photograph at any time and so I think from the very, very beginning, there was this understanding between everybody that no one had to, once they'd started, continue. And I think that that's so important because sometimes we don't know where our boundaries are until we've got there. And so to be able to be really comfortable to say halfway through something, actually, um, it's time for me to step out now or this particular image bothers me or I'm, I'm cold, <laughs> I want to put a cardigan on, <laughs> literally anything. And so what we did also was the fact that because I had been doing nude modelling for the images throughout last year, I also was nude in that group shoot. And the first thing that I did is I got everybody while still wearing clothes to start forming the positions for the first shot. And then I went back to the camera and I had a basket for everybody's clothes. And I said, all right, I'm going to take my clothes off now and I'm going to go stand in my spot. Anybody who would like to be nude in this first image, feel free to join me. So then I walked over, I took my clothes off and I walked and I was like sort of like the first one to mm. be in that vulnerable state. And then very quickly, you know, everybody else got undressed and came back into the shot, but they already knew the pose that they were going to be in in that first shot. So no one was sort of standing around awkwardly while I explained things without clothes on. They knew immediately where to go and what to do. And then from that point on, between every shot, you know, does anyone need a break with, with their jumper on? Does anyone need something like we had warm tea and everything like that? Um, and then there were times where people just needed a break. And so we had to shot with less people or um, anything like that. Cool. Yeah. Congratulations on like pulling that off and like creating that safe space because I feel like some people would even just like not even try to kind of make something like this if it requires being in sometimes those awkward like situations so yeah great job it was so important to us and we were nervous to do it but I think because we were conscious of it we had a plan from the beginning so um I want to do some rapid fire questions which are just kind of some more light-hearted well some of them are light-hearted stuff where you basically just say whatever comes into your mind are you ready Yes. <laughs> In your opinion, what is the best and worst thing about Adelaide? The best and worst thing is the same thing. And that is how small it is and how small the community is. I love knowing people and being able to go anywhere and bump into people. But I also hate that everybody knows everybody. 
Yes, so bittersweet. Um, where are we most likely to run into you? Oh, usually that's going to be Aldinga and Port Wollonga Beach. But this year I'm going to say around Carclew in North Adelaide. I'm going to be there a lot. Cool. And why is that? I am one of the new resident artists for the next year. Um, so I'll be in the ballroom space and I will probably be at a lot of coffee shops around there having meetings and hanging out. Awesome. That's so cool. Do you have something to prove? Yes, I definitely want to prove that you can make a career as an artist and that you can be financially stable in the creative disciplines. Yes, I love that. Give a shout out to another Adelaide artist who you admire. Oh, I'm going to say Alex Kuypers because um, I've been working with them the last two weeks in rehearsals for their show for Fringe. I'm one of the dancers in uh, his work, I Know the End, and really admiring the space that he's created for all of the artists working on that project. Do you know your horoscope or your MBTI personality type? Oh, I'm a Virgo mm -hmm. and I'm also INFJ, which I think is the advocate. Yeah, cool. I'm an ENFJ. Oh, close. Yeah. I, I love think I'm a guy on the border. Oh, yeah, between extrovert and introvert. Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing to work out, although mine are all, like, um, like extremely skewed to, like, one side. So. Ah, really? <laughs> no, I was, I was hovering quite a bit. Would you consider yourself to be fight, flight, or freeze? I reckon I freeze if it's me that's in danger but if something happens to somebody else then I'm the person who like organizes the situation gets it all under control and so I'll fight for other people yeah yeah I get that sometimes it's like if you're in a crisis situation and someone else is really upset it almost forces you to like just not even feel yeah yeah take control yeah dream collaboration and why that is such a hard question this week I've been really excited about Crystal Pipe bringing um, one of her works on her company Kid Pivot to Adelaide for Adelaide Festival. And Kid Pivot is a company that I really, really admire. So I'm going to say Kid Pivot. So that is the rapid fire over. Thanks for your answers. When it came to having your exhibition as a part of the Fringe, was that always part of the plan or how did that come up? You know, how does one become part of the Fringe? Actually, becoming part of the Fringe is really I want it, it's, it's equally easy and it's equally complicated. Right. It's an open access arts, arts festival. So literally anybody can register an event, register a show. I don't think Ali and I, when we first had coffee at the start of last year, had any inclination that Biophilia was going to become a show. I honestly thought we would just kind of do a couple of photo shoots. But the first photo shoot we ever did went so well and we had the intention of just going into the forest and playing and me getting comfortable in front of the camera and some of those images are in the final exhibition it was an amazing day and then very quickly we went these images are beautiful we would like to exhibit them and then I said I would like to involve a bit more of an immersive experience than just a gallery exhibition um I would like to perform live things like that and then it kind of just fell into place and we got a couple of little grants as well to support that process fell into place that Fringe would be a good place to exhibit this um, and the Adelaide Fringe is 
absolutely such an incredible platform. The AVR, so like the registration system that artists use is really, really easy to use. It's wonderful. There's so many resources there. So it was on the surface, it's quite simple. You, you register a show, you find a venue, um, but there has been a lot of learning on the job and other things that go on behind the scenes. Once you've actually registered, show, registered a show, you then have to create that show and sell tickets to the show and market the show and might write media releases and contracts with people and all of that stuff under that happens under the surface is a bit more complex. But in the scheme of things, if you've got to work or you've got an event, you can make it a friend show. Wow. Thanks for that insight because, yeah, I had no idea how that all worked and I'm sure there's a lot of, like, emerging artists who are like, how do I actually become, like, a part of something like that? So thanks. Um, when you were working on the project, did you face any, like, mental blocks or struggles, maybe, like, maybe like for example, like, organisation or something? I guess, like, did you learn anything about yourself when you were working on it? So many things. Um, mental blocks-wise, I think the constant one is is it good enough and are people going to want to come and see it? And there's a huge, I think there's a huge difference between you loving your work and then trusting that other people want to see your work. Um, so that the whole thing has been that, you know, every week I go, oh, just, I really hope people come. Um, and, and also just trusting myself that I'm passionate about it and there's a high chance that other people are going to be passionate about it too. In terms of things that I've learned about myself, definitely learning that I the the feeling of being a little bit out of control or having things that are not within my control is quite hard for me so not quite knowing how this is going to go is is causing me a little bit of stress um but yeah I think again probably it's the trust in myself um do you have any advice for others who want to put on their first kind of exhibition um but they feel like having those feelings of not being good enough or not being professional or qualified enough yeah one thing that's really really helped Alia and I is having our community be excited about it so you know if you're leading up to wanting to put on your first exhibition, start showing your work to your friends, start showing it to different people, find a mentor to show your work to and get people around you believing in the work because then when you do have those down days where you're going, you know, is this going to work out? Is it good enough? You've got people to lean on who, who can pick you up and say, your work is beautiful. Keep making it, keep doing it, keep pushing. You've got this because as much as you can try and speak yourself out of those moments and trust yourself. Having people around you to help you is is so, so important. Tell me more about kind of how your skill of choreography came into putting together these images. Like how were you able to use that skill to create what you created? I think the crossover has been sort of like composing frames as well as my uh, skill at looking at lines in the body um so very similar to how a photographer can compose a still frame in choreography you're composing sort of a constant frame that's changing every second Mm. um but you know each scene I guess or each phrase of of a dance work effectively you're still placing things in a space it's just a 3d space so I already had a picture or was able to look at something and go, okay, this is a nice placement within space. 
And then Alia was obviously very, very adept at that as well. And then the other thing was being able to see line. So because I was so used to sort of shaping the human body in a dance context, I could look through Alia's camera and see the environment that we were shooting in and look at the line of a tree or look at the line of the earth and imagine a line on a human body and how putting that person or putting myself in the frame would best blend with the environment. Mm, Awesome. And what's the scale of the live performance element? Like how many people are performing? How long does it go for? It's pretty small. It's a solo that I've developed on myself. I had a residency at Dance Hub SA to develop a solo under the same name. So it's the solos under the name Biophilia as well. And I've recreated that solo for a much smaller space and am performing that in the exhibition. That's so cool. I'm so excited. I'm going to buy my tickets today and I'm going to force all my friends to do the same. (laughs) Thank Um, you very much. (laughs) So in the shoot, was there, was it just like um, feminine presenting people who photographed or was there a mix of genders? That was a very interesting discussion um, and I'm glad you asked. I, we actually initially didn't necessarily want that. That is actually just who responded to our social media call out to be a model. Mm. We did have some men who were interested, who unfortunately during the time of the shoot were not available. Um, A lot of the people that we sort of like had in our community that were willing were actually interstate at the time, annoyingly. Um, But we also felt like for our first shoot, it was quite fortuitous that it was all um, feminine presenting people that wanted to do it just because we, as you know, really early creatives facilitating that space, we thought that that may be a slightly safer space for some people to feel comfortable in. We definitely didn't necessarily want the whole exhibition to be feminine bodies because I think that, you know, the climate crisis is a non-gendered issue and I wanted there to be a variety of the bodies in the exhibition. And we still may have a couple of images um, with male bodies in them. Ali is trying to organise a couple of little things, but it came, it honestly came down to logistical issues. And I'm hoping that the way that the photo- photographs are taken, um, people don't place too much gender of a gender lens on the exhibition itself. So I want to know about... Um whether you had experience working so closely with someone else on a project and what you learned kind of from the collaborative side of things? Yeah, I I definitely collaborated with people. I think the biggest difference in the projects I've been working on for this fringe is collaborating with people in different disciplines. So I'd worked alongside a lot of other artists Um, I'd also worked with filmmakers on film, like dance films, um, but actually co-creating something um, with someone in an entirely different discipline and moulding or merging those art forms um, has been a really new experience and something that I've really enjoyed. Working interdisciplinary is something that I definitely want to pursue. Yeah, that's awesome. A while back, um, me and my cousin from Canberra did like a collaboration like a podcast collaboration where we interviewed two different artists from Adelaide and Canberra and they were also from different disciplines and the it was kind of like an experiment to see like how they would connect and bond even though they come from like different disciplines 
So I think it's really special because I think that like the creative arts, it's so transferable. Yeah, absolutely. um, I was involved in a project last year through Car Clue that brought artists from loads of different disciplines into a room together. And it was really incredible, the discussions that we had. And it was also really, really, I think, just nice to feel that we all connected on so many different things. And we were also having so many of the same battles all of the art forms are really hard to enter into. It's really hard to be an emerging artist in any discipline in Adelaide. So we actually had so many things that were relatable. We were pursuing different, like similar themes. We were um, going through similar issues and um, yeah, there's just so much room for cross-disciplinary making. What can we kind of expect from you in the future? Are you hoping to make more climate-based art, like is that kind of the path you still want to go down, more exhibitions? Yeah, I think still exploring different mediums and different themes and everything. I'm such a young artist and, you know, finding my way in the industry. Climate is always going to be something that I feel passionate about and I focus on. I don't want to necessarily only make climate-focused art, but I think the the thing that I do want to do is make work that I am passionate about, make work that I believe in and make work that is relevant Um for the society that we're living in. And right now climate is is one of those really, really huge things, but there are other things as well. Um, And so I think social commentary will continue to be a big theme in my work. As for exhibitions, absolutely. I think getting contemporary dance outside of a theatre into um, potentially more accessible venues, as well as um, spaces where it can be integrated into other art forms is really important to me and will continue to be. I've also really enjoyed working um, with visual art and working in a new way that I think is it has a little bit more of a permanency. A live show is so fleeting. That moment is gone like that. Well, there's a photograph that lasts. And um, I still love live performance, but definitely exploring both. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about dance at all or the dance world. Um, So I thought it was really interesting what you said about how, like, a dance performance is like just like a lot of frames a lot of different frames that have been designed like images like I've never thought of it in that way before which kind of helps me understand like choreography and what choreography actually is because I feel like for non-dance people you just hear it and go something to do with dance like (laughs) well I mean effectively as a choreographer you're making um I sometimes like I think someone made an analogy at uni that you know sort of like play um animation film Mm. yeah as a choreographer your dancers are like the little animated people and you sort of have to like mold every single shape that they make that because they move it's Mm. it's sort of like you animate it um but if yeah if you're someone who works a lot in film then thinking of um choreography as moving frames um it's probably a really easy way to make that make sense yeah yeah I feel like I have a new appreciation for it now (laughs) so how do people get tickets for biophilia and how can people best support you um you can best support us currently by buying tickets (laughs) um which you can do on the Adelaide Fringe website um and that is in my bio on Instagram or you can search Adelaide Fringe and then search biophilia and it will come straight up. You can also support both Ali and I by 
following our social media where you can hear about um, upcoming projects and other work that we might be doing as well. Cool. And what is your username on Instagram? Fern Mines. F-E-R-N-M-I-N-E-S. Awesome. Um, the last question is, what will the life of Fern look like when you feel completely qualified and completely unafraid? When I feel completely qualified, I don't know if that will ever happen. But if I did, um, I think every opportunity I would just go after with no hesitation. I would just sort of take every opportunity and I would be working full time as an artist um, with enough capacity to still have a life outside of art and be working in a way that is sustainable for me as a whole human being um, and be able to support myself and my family. Lovely. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Everyone, definitely go get tickets to Biophilia. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to stay up to date with the podcast, please find you and you on Instagram and TikTok at unqualified.unafraid.